and ride with me in my foul life. What's up, everybody? You Canuba's Duck Dog Podcast is back at you. It is the dog days of summer, man. It's, ju- it's June, almost July. Over 100 degrees where I'm at. Just got back from Nashville. It was 109. The NASCAR track was over 130. Heat index of, I don't even know how high, but just miserable heat. So there's a lot of things to keep in mind this time of year. When it comes to our dogs, whether it's hydration, swimming, training, running them too hard, not running them enough, um, you know, just watching every move they make, keeping them in a cool place during the days, making sure they're safe at night. Very, very important, especially if your dog's not at a kennel or with a trainer where they specialize in all of the security and safety of the dog. We got to make sure as dog owners that we're making them our first priority when the heat index gets this high. That's why we got my boy Andrew from Wild Acre Kennels back on the Duck Dogs podcast here. Again, fueled by the one and only Yukonuba. Feed Yukonuba. The new puppy plan is amazing. The performance plan is, I mean, from Axel to Slash. Our new dog Izzy is on it. Duff and Waylon are on him. Um, we're very, very happy with the performance that we're getting out of all of the Yukonuba products. And I know that Andrew feeds it. Andrew, what's up, my man? Not much. How's it going today? It's good, buddy. I'm hot. We're just trying to get a lot of work done. It's uh, it just seems like the year's flying by. It's already the end of June, going into Fourth of July week, and duck yeah. season will be here before we know it. That's crazy. It's hot here too. We've been starting at 4 a.m. to try to beat the heat, so it's crazy hot. Went from cold to hot right away. Are you getting any walleye fishing in, or do you even try in the summertime? Uh, we just got back from um, Big Stone. We caught like 15, 13 walleyes. We are catching like 11 to 12-inch sunfish. It was a lot of fun. And we Did got you eat them yet? A bunch of northerns, a bunch of uh, bass. I don't know what else we caught, but uh, we uh, no, I have not ate them all yet. Oh, good. So you can ship some out here. <laughs> How did I know you are going to ask for that? Because you owe me a box, and I haven't seen it. I know. Last year, we didn't get no fishing in, but this year, we, we did good at Big Stone. So we'll have to send you some. Did you get any done on the ice this past winter? I did not. Nothing, huh? Didn't even step foot on the lake this year. We've been pretty busy with training, so I haven't really left or done anything. So what is going on at Wild Acre right now? What what uh, What's the conditions up there as far as – do you say you're building a new kennel up there or you got some yeah. construction going on? Yes, yes. Well, we had we have construction going on. We're putting up a new kennel. and uh, not, I shouldn't say new kennel. We're taking an existing building and finishing it off and adding kennels. And But we also had a pretty bad storm roll through. Oh, probably a month and a half ago, and it ripped the deck off of our house. It ripped off the roof of the house, tore off a lean-to shed, a um, bunch of damage, like nine, nine or $10,000 in damage on our vehicles. Um, so, yeah, it's been kind of crazy with that, trying to fix all that up. we got the kennel. It's concreted. It's spray-foamed. It's wired. Um, now we're going to start tinning it. So hopefully by the end of this week, we're going to be putting kennels in is my goal. So what will the overall landscape look like when this project's completed? What is, uh, will that turn into the main kennel building or do you have an existing one right now? You're just adding on to it. So we have our main kennel that we use right now. Um, but we are building a, just a, it's a 40 by 60 shed and we're just going to put 10 kennels in there or 15 kennels in there for now. And then just, if we have to keep adding kennels, we will, but pretty much we're doing it for boarding purposes. We board a lot of dogs for holidays and summer vacations and, whatever the case may be. And uh, we've been having to turn down a few boarding dogs. So we want to make sure we can keep people happy and satisfied with our boarding end of things. 
Um, training, we're not, I'm not going to get too much bigger as of right now. We got two full-time employees and then Raylan full-time. So it's, um, that's plenty enough to take care of at this point. We got 36 training dogs in right now. What do they consist of? Mostly labs? So, oh yeah, labs, wire hairs, short hairs. Um, we got a couple of poodles down there. I got a pit bull, uh, two German shepherds, um, some rescue mixed breed dogs, um, and then uh, golden retrievers, kind of everything. We got a whole mix of dogs down there right now. So, what do you? What kind of? Is it mainly obedience when you start talking about the other, the the off brand dogs you just mentioned? Yeah. I mean, I know we mainly talk about labs all the time, but when you have you said a pit bull in there, is that mainly obedience to try to get them to be a gentleman or a a, a a good dog, not you know run over kids or you know be one you know be too aggressive? What do you what do you do with a, a pit bull? Correct. Yep. We're just doing all your on and off leash obedience. So everything from walking on the leash to coming when called hundred percent trained, um, for on and off leash obedience. It's a six week program that we do. And, uh, that comes with owner training, just teaching that dog to heel, sit, lie down, come place, you know, all, all your basic commands that you want that dog to do. Walking on a leash is the biggest thing. We just had a, an elderly lady check in her dog, probably two, two groups ago. And she came in with her arm all, it was all busted. The dog, she was holding onto the dog and, in the car and the dog, when she opened the door, the dog jumped out and she crushed her hand on the side of the door. And um, now with that dog's back with her and she said she walks it all over the place, the dog will stay in the car until she opens the door. She says, night, just night and day different. She would never have an untrained dog again. Those are her exact words. So, so what are you, feeling. you kind of, this time of year, I, I started the conversation off with the heat. Obviously we did, we touch on this in, in a lot of our conversations, but you can't be too careful. Like this is a very important part of being a dog owner. Um, give me, give me kind of, let's just talk about slash right now. You know, you have our dog slash there. He's a two year old black lab, great hunting dog. You hunted him in Kansas last year. Just talk to us a little bit about what slash where he's at right now, what you've seen from him. And then I just kind of want to get in, take it from what you just talked about with the pit bull and the six weeks on and off leash. And then kind of where, you know, slashes and his training, as far as a gun dog goes, a sporting dog goes, do you think that he'll be a hunt test dog? um, If we send him that direction down the road or in the near future, just give me the overall map of where, of where uh, slash is right now. Yeah, absolutely. So Slash, well, Slash is currently laying on the couch in the house, uh, but we ran him this morning. He is, um, so like today, what we did is like picture three lines, like a turkey foot in a sense. And what we're doing there is we did a long mark. So it was like a 286 mark. So that means a mark retrieved, meaning he's seen it go down. And then what I'll do is then off on the other two wings, we run, I ran a was kind of hot today so we had to kind of keep it small but i ran a 136 on the left side and then like a 190 or something on the right side and um, those were blind retrieves so what i like to do is teaching them a long mark so when they're marking that bird bird goes down just like your duck hunting you know they're not all going to be blind retrieves so we do a lot throughout the decoys where boom 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 you see it fall you get to go get it and then what i'll do is oh hey we got that sailor that went way off to the right so then i'll line them up get them zoned in send him on that back command and then he's trusting me on where that bird is because he has no idea where that bird went down so what we're doing with slash right now is just what we call blind retrieves advanced hand signals um, whatever you want to call it but we're teaching him that 
there's going to be a lot that you get to see and you get to go chase down, but then there is going to be a bunch where I got to line you up and then send you and you got to trust me or not can't go into hunting mode. You have to trust me. I'll get you to that bird and then you can get your reward once you get to that bird. And what, what as far as like the level of this drill and where slash is currently, is this uh let's let's just apply it to baseball you live where you're probably a minnesota twins fan so is this minor leagues is it is it high school ball is it college ball is it minor leagues is it major leagues what kind of drill is this what level oh you're you're up in the major leagues now this is what we call um you know graduation you're you're graduating from college in a sense so you're going into the pros now and um what that does is that this is like the final thing that we can do with the dog is teaching them these blind retrieves. This is, a lot of people don't get it, is you're teaching a dog right left or right over, left over, right back, left back, and then straight back. Um, and so it's not that much that you're teaching that dog, but we just spent its whole life teaching this dog, hey, you use your nose, hunt, put your nose to the ground, hunt, flush, follow, or sit, mark, and then you get to retrieve. So we're teaching that dog, like, hey, we're trusting you kind of in a sense to find me this bird. Well, now we're doing a 180 and we're going, hey, now you need to trust me. So like when we're starting this training, a lot of dogs, we can get them 100 yards pretty simple. But then what they do is they kind of panic a little bit and then they want to go into hunt mode. Like, hey, I'll, I'll find it, you know, just let me do, do me. And we're like, you're about 200 yards off, dog. So what we got to do is build up that confidence and repetition and repetition on getting that dog past that 100-yard mark out to your three. I like my, my goal is always like three to 350 um, yards away from me. And um, biggest key to this advanced program is what we call it. Everybody has their own name for it. But, um, I mean, your obedience has to be solid. You cannot say, oh, it's pretty good or it's pretty decent. It has to be 120% before you can start this, this class. Just because you got to have them 100% steady, 100%. They know what heel is. So you can turn them and line them up and get them on that blind retrieve. And what, when you start talking about the obedience part of it, does that mean there's, you just don't have time to waste. There's gotta be pure focus and you don't have time to, the heels gotta be there. The sits gotta be there. The, fo- the, the, when you say watch or, or where's your mark, or whatever they gotta be, they can't be just running around or, or, you know, right. doing things on their own. They gotta be a hundred percent obedient. Right. Just like going back to baseball, he's at professional baseball level now. So he's getting a paycheck. Where in high school or college, you know, he's, they're doing it kind of, or not, maybe not so college, but high school is all pure fun, just with your buddies. If you lose a game, not a big deal. You know, in the pro league, you're getting a paycheck. You're, you're, you, if you're not winning, you're not going to be getting a paycheck much longer. Um, so that's kind of what I like to reference into the dogs is, you know, once we get them through our two-week bird and gun, our intermediate program, now we're off to advance hand signals. Now you're, you're at the pro league where now you're earning your paycheck and you have to do as I ask in the, I don't mean that in a harsh way, but you know, we're, we're teaching, we're taking them to that whole next level um, of training. And when you, as far as the, the overall, you know, the end of this drill, we're going back to the, the drill that you're talking about, the end of it. When do you know he's got it? Is it consistency to where it becomes like riding a bike to slash? Um, how far is he from that point? But when do you know that this drill has been quote unquote mastered? Great question. So when you know that drill is mastered, there are a couple things is he'll start to, if you're doing the same setup, they'll memorize it. You know what I mean? So he'll just lock in. Yep. I went that way yesterday. 
I'm going to go there again. Um, but now when we're doing that drill, I might switch it up. I might've went to the left first and then to the middle or from the right to the middle, you just switch it up and you do the opposite of what you did the day before. When you keep switching it back and forth, once they're doing it, they're not, you don't have to stop them on a whistle. You don't have to give them a cast. Um, you don't have to do any of that stuff. Now, you know, you mastered that drill, if that makes sense. Because when there's no, when there's no hesitation, the dog, a lot of times the dog will get out, you know, 200 or 120 yards and they start to veer off their line and we got to stop them and give them an angle back or a right over whatever the case may be to get them back on that line to continue on towards that retrieve. Um, if you have to give those casts, you're not there yet. But if that dog is just lined up and it's taking a straight run right for where you're, where you sent it and he's doing that two or three times in a row, the next few days, now, you know, you mastered that retreat or that, that setup. And when he, when you, have him on the line and he's getting ready to start this drill um give me the commands that you use at wild at, at wild acre so i'm always like to have some fun with them so i'm i'm getting him out of the trailer um and we're gonna run a blind i'll say hey we got a dead bird out here we got a dead bird out here buddy and i'm kind of just talking to him it doesn't really mean nothing to the dog but i'm just trying to get him amped up a little bit get that make sure his tail's wagging make sure he's focused you know let him know that hey we're gonna go have some fun then what I do is when I get him lined up, so his spine and his through the the base of his head is in the direction where I want him to take off. So it's in line with that bird and you'll say dead. And what dead means is look forward. There's something out there. When I say good, then that dog, I'm looking for him just to lock in and not move his head left to right, not move it up or down. When I say good, that dog knows, okay, that's the direction I need to go. And then we send them on what we say back and back means go and do not stop until I ask you to. And how, what is the inf inflection in the handler's voice on back? So everybody kind of has their own way, but I'm back, you know, and that's kind of what I do. Um, you know, you don't just yell back, you know, we have kind of strung it out a little bit like uh, Brad Arrington. I always say, back, you know, get a little Southern in there and um, just, that's what we use to get that back command because now when they're out a hundred yards away from you, the reason why I like to make it sound like that is I can just me personally, I can make that back sound louder than just yelling back. I don't know if that makes sense, but when you can drag it out because you got wind in play, it might be 20, 30 mile an hour winds that day where you got your hand up in there, but if you can't see you, you know, a lot of times people are wearing camouflage. You got to kind of set up as a hunting scenario. Um, but we always try to keep our white palm facing forward. You never turn your hand left to right. Keep that white palm where up in the air and then guide him. And like you're saying that back command. So if that dog is trained 100% by you and he's got this drill down, can you, and obviously the noise around has something to do with this, but could you just like say, watch or where's your mark? or get his attention, make sure that he's looking at uh, in the direction you want him to be. Right. Which yes. is where I'm going to go with this next, but yep. would he, could you just lean down and just go back? Could you whisper it back and have him get the same results? Or does he go on your adrenaline and your voice of book? And he knows <laughs> like when he hears that big word or, or you mentioned Brad Arrington, our friend down at Mossy Pond in Georgia and back, you know, if you, does, do you have to do that? Or can you just be like back? And that dog hears back and he knows don't stop until I hear that whistle. So with slash, if you just whisper back, he ain't leaving your side because he knows that that's, 
that's not what we train for. He, he's waiting for that back, that adrenaline, that, you know, that means go, you know, that's the truck revving up. Um, and that's just kind of how I trained him. Um, I do catch myself being a little bit too excited, excited sometimes or too loud. So then when I have a customer come in and we're trying to teach them their dog, they're quiet, bah, you know what I mean? So I'm trying to encourage them to be loud because same thing. It always goes back to that dog being a distance away from you. If you just whisper back, he's not going to know what you're talking about. Granted, he's supposed to go off of your hands. If a dog's confused or in a bad situation, you can yell that back command too and really help them out to get them success. Yeah, um, if, you don't, if you just whisper back to Slash, she's just going to keep looking forward and be like, just waiting for you, that cue of the buck, you know, and that strong, stern voice. So now we're talking about this back command and, you know, what a blind retrieve is. When, when you get that dog to the line, give our listeners some ideas, because one of the biggest mistakes I make is not getting that dog on the right line and that's a total injustice disjustice for the dog of taking off going in the wrong direction because you're automatically gonna have to whistle and correct them or bring him back and start him or her over so yep. how do you i know you use your hips you could use your legs you could use your hand and pat your leg to get him to line up but then automatically if you get him and you're facing down to the right a little bit and then all of a sudden something gets his eye to the left and he jerks his head to the left now he's on that over there right there's a lot of things that can happen when you're at the line what what is your main re, uh way andrew of getting that dog to to be online and stay online great question so today it happened with slash this is no joke today this morning um same thing i got him lined up he was just lying lined up and off to our left hand side a rooster got up flew away and cackled well obviously slash was like boom locked in on that rooster that was happening over there so what i said is no took a few steps forward heel recorrect him he looked back towards that rooster again no recollect him walk forward dead good and then he locked in and we got him to quit worrying about that rooster and then take him off running after that blind so but what i'm trying to get at is i like to take a step forward but if that's not working if they're just not zoning in um, a couple other things is just try to give like we say okay means the release command maybe just release them reheal them you know let them bounce back a little bit get them back into a heel and then try lining them again. Um, if that's not working, then you might want to go back to a lining drill and just re-go through that for a day or two of, um, or a couple days of, hey, wherever my hand drops down is where you need to put that head. Right on the hand, huh? So they should theoretically put their snout wherever your hand is facing. That, that's our goal. Pointing. Pointing. Yep. Yes, that's, that's the goal. our goal. Our goal so where is, is slap? <clears throat> oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. So I was just saying, where when I put my hand down, you know, kind of right above their eyes, that's just my guidance of good. You know, where if my hands off to the left, I would never do that because I would turn my whole body. If that makes sense, I'll never send a dog from my side with me facing to the right, and I want the dog to go left. That you just don't do that. You got to position your body. Your straight form, the dog's spine, and through the back of his head is all lined up with the where you want him to go get that retrieve. Make sure everything's lined up, dead, good, and then you send him on that back command. And where is Slash currently with this drill or with this part of his hunting career? Does he get this pretty easily now? Yes. 
Yeah, it, well, unless there is a distraction like this morning with the roosters, we still got. But that that allows me to. That was a great learning thing today. That was I, that was pictures of wild pheasant. We didn't put it there, um, but absolutely great training session. You know, it could have been. You know, you're out duck hunting, right? You have a bird flopping in the decoys, but you sailed one that's kind of running away. Well, I don't want you to go get the one that's flopping in the decoys. That one's dead. I want you to go get that one that sailed where every dog is going to want to go get that closest retrieve or that one that's flapping right in front of them. So you got to get that dog's confidence. Like, no, that one's fine. We got to go through all the decoys, through the birds that we just shot on the ground and go get that long one before it gets away. So by him having that with thing today with the rooster pop up, that was awesome. That was a great learning experience. And, um, so now, but with Slash's lining drill, um, we are, I'm gonna do more work on it just to get it 100 per 20%. Um, but I mean, pretty much if I drop my hand down and I say dead, within two or three seconds, maybe five, we're locked in and ready to run. And overall, Slash, you know, with him, he's, what is he, almost three now? Yeah, he is three. It's three. So February, February 28th. February 28th, he turned three. Man, time flies. Jeez. Seems like it was just August of 2000. What would that have been? August of 2019 when we were up in Minnesota when we had him together? Yeah. Yeah. August of two- I would have to ask Raylan 100% is what year he was born, but I know his birthday is February 28th. Yeah, August 2019, I was up there with you for game fair. Was that 19 or 20? No, 20 would have been COVID. There wasn't anything going yeah, on there. It was 19 already. I'm, I'm starting to think it was 18. No, 18 it wouldn't have been. It was 19. Uh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, he's, I know he's three. So yeah, you'd have to be, yeah, that'd be 19. Yeah, so yeah, we're good and there. Where do, you, where do you think he is as far, are you happy with where he's at? Is he improving oh. every day? Is he going to be a stud hunter? Yeah, so if you listen to our prior podcast, I was asking me a slash uh, master hunter level or anything like that. I'm kind of like, nah, not yet, you know. Um, but this year, this summer, um, he has turned the light switch on. I always tell everybody is don't get frustrated with your dogs in the first year or the second year, cause you don't have a good dog yet. Once you get to that three-year-old dog, that is like their prime. They're ready to, I mean, they just figured it out. I feel like And slash just turned three. We came into the summer um, of training. We had a great fall with him. Um, I took a bunch of notes that I wanted to work on that I seen him fail at, you know, for the um i shouldn't say fail but things we need to work on in the hunting aspect of things but i mean we came into the training this summer and um, he is just you know he's a thousand miles an hour after the retrieve he's a thousand mile an hour back he's focused he wants to work he's i mean it's just he turned the curve for a good way a hundred percent this year i'm very proud and i can't wait for hunting season to take him out this fall or i get to take him out maybe uh you got railing now you gotta you gotta arm wrestle <laughs> i'm just kidding that's uh that is her baby um that's who's laying on the couch right now next to her but no i'm just kidding he's um he's gonna be something special here coming up once we get through this summer we finalize a lot of our training with him he's gonna be i just like his athleticness he his want his drive his his everything and then but the cool part is like i said he's on the couch right now because it's hot and we're done for the day but He's laying on the couch and literally he lays upside down. So like his belly is straight up in there and the crease of the couch along the whole couch. And he'll just lay there. You have no ideas in the house. The other day, Raylan was just messing with me and she slashes lay on the couch and she put a blanket on him and covered him up. And I had no idea he was there. And I sat right on him when I sat down on the couch. You just, you have no idea. He has that 
awesome off switch where you get him in the house, boom, he just knows, go lay down, don't run around, don't do nothing, and he's just very content until you, you say our word is let's go outside, then he gets all revved up and ready to rock again. But that's just our bad habit that we taught him is let's go outside. It means excitement. Let's go run. Let's go to the pond. Let's go swimming kind of dealio what we do with all of our dogs so he's got a great on off switch oh unbelievable uh probably one of the we have seven dogs that we own now and um well, we co-own 14 but i own personally seven um but with uh out of all the seven dogs he's probably him and kai are the best in the house hands down do they all sleep in your house every night so what we do is we have a garage that's heated and insulated but we take turns so every every night two new dogs come in the house and we just rotate if that makes sense so slash is in the house like three times a week but like today if um, when it's hot like this slash does get a little hot so we got we always have to be careful with him we can't run him hard um in the heat like this because he'll just go until he tips over he doesn't know when to stop um so then i'll throw him in the house to let him cool off and lay on the lay on the couch and if he did a good job he gets to go in the house during the day and then at nighttime we'll go back in the garage and we'll bring in the new dog um, who's ever turn it is that night and then we just keep rotating them so but overall you th- he's a stud yeah oh yeah very happy with him very happy with him the first two years i was like him and han like i know he's not three yet but um we just got to keep working keep working but now that he's turned three he's he's something special he is a little bit of a softer dog you know you can't be hard-handed on him you know you can't scream or fry him on a collar or anything like that um, but if you just work with him and teach him and show him, he'll do whatever you ask. Really? Very loyal, like most labs are. So nutrition-wise, on the Yukonuba, you're still happy with the Yukonuba? Oh, yeah. I want to feed any other food. So he's he's on Yukonuba 30-20. Um, and then in the, like, in the winter months, when we're done hunting, I, I switch him to the 26-16. Just low, lower calorie food. Just less. He doesn't need that many groceries in the uh, in the off-season. Um, so where is he at right now as far as stature goes? What's his physical makeup look like? Oh, he's muscular. He has the big blocky chest, um, skinny in the back kind of, and um, he just, he looks built. He looks muscular. He's a very good, very good looking dog with dark, dark brown eyes. And what, is, what how much do you think he weighs right now? He was just at the vet getting his annual checkup. Um, he weighed 64, 64 or 67. Oh, so he's not too big, but he's not small either. No, but he's like built. He has a big frame on him. That's what I like. Is he a fast runner? Yes. He can run 37 miles an hour along the four-wheeler. 37 miles an hour. About 37. That's with we, – we're running the four-wheeler. I suggest people don't do this at home, but we would run him on the four-wheeler, and every once in a while I'll just speed up. So that third, I could get that 37 and his front is right in front of that four wheeler. It's not the safest thing in the world to do, but we slash knows to stay 10 feet away from the four wheeler. So we worked with him on that, but young dogs, I wouldn't suggest running him on a four wheeler, but um, slash he's been around it his whole life and we've worked on it. So he knows not to come close to the four wheeler when we're running him. But yeah, he's fast. Extreme. And how many days do you run uh, a dog like that with the four wheeler? We run our dogs every day. You do every day. So, um like tonight it's been cooling off at night so we've been grateful um so like at eight o'clock nine o'clock tonight then we hop on the side by side grab a couple beers and we go cruise and let the dogs run around as we drive around we have a 55 acre crp field so we just drive around that two times it's roughly probably 
I don't know how many miles I'd be, probably a good mile or more. And um, they, they run around that. And then at the end, the last, we call it the quarter mile. It's not a quarter mile, but we just kind of gun her a little bit and the dogs go full bore and chase each other. And then they know we open the tailgate to the side by side and they all jump in and um, we cruise them back home. And this is every night for you. This is your life every night. Every day in the wintertime, we use a snowmobile. Unless it's staying at like 95 or, you know, and we get really high humidity here in Minnesota. So it's still humid. Like there's times it's like 80 degrees and humid at nighttime. Then we can't do that. Then we go, we, uh, we go right to the pond and we just, we just have a couple bush lights right next to the pond and let them jump and swim and play until their tongues are hanging out. And then we go put them down for the night. Are you saying that you drink bush light almost every day? You have to when you're a dog trainer. <laughs> really? Just kidding. That's yeah. It. To stay sane. Yep. Um, no, uh, I just love the taste of it. Can't go wrong with a good old cold bush light. <laughs> that's Never a pretty go good, it's a pretty good little commercial for bush light and, yeah. and they're not even a sponsor. We just love it so much. Right. Yeah. I love it. We drink, we have two cases in the fridge for, we have neighbors that always stop by because where I live, we can ride side by sides. So we always have somebody cruising by on the side by sides, pulling, have a cold drink or whatever. A lot of times when they see us cooking on the trigger, they'll stop in right at prime time to get uh, that. Yes. The other day I was cooking a brisket and um, a neighbor pulls in and what you cooking. And I was like, Oh, a brisket. And he just never left. And he ate, I swear half the brisket. Half of it. Huh? That <laughs> uh, was on a trigger. Oh yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Trigger with so, some apple wood. Love it. Sounds like a pretty good uh, life you have, Andrew. You loving it? absolutely every day of my life i get to wake up and i don't have to go to work i get to do what i love some days are stressful obviously but uh um for the most part i don't have anybody tell me what to do i get to run dogs work dogs and pretty much practice for duck hunting all year round do you um do you remember our buddy bob oh yeah i got to hang out with him just talked to him two days so he came home on monday he was oh, really? Doing, he was prairie dog hunting um, or guiding the prairie dog hunting. And uh, so he came home now and he's home for three months before he leaves again. Did he tell you I got to hang out with him in Wyoming? Yes. Yeah, he said that you guys had a great time or you guys did well, at least. Yeah, it was awesome. That place is really cool. Yeah, I go. we go there every year. So I, I was there the week before you guys were there. Y- you were? Yeah. He didn't even tell me that. Bob didn't. No, you were hunting with Wild Brassica. I was hunting with. Well, I hunt with. Well, Bob guides there, and then I just stay at Bob's house, and then we. Bob takes me out. But it is yeah. like with, <clears throat> Bio Nebraska, I guess. But Bob's the guide, and then Bob has, you know, we just go search around, find. We do our own hunting. It's not guided or nothing. It's Bob takes a couple days off, and we just go buddy hunt. Um, yeah, he never mentioned it all. I. I saw, I would see him every morning where the guides meet the clients and all that. And then he came over and I did a podcast with the owner of that place, JJ. And then I cooked a bunch. No, no, I did. And then I cooked a bunch of, uh, I cooked a bunch of tacos and a a big goose taco dinner for the landowners and the guides and Bob was there for that. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool down there. Those hot springs or hunting the river. That's, oh, that's my favorite. Absolutely favorite thing to do. Bob, uh, he's famous over there, man. A lot of people love Bob over there. He is, he's just a good, genuine guy. He'll never, never do anything to hurt you. That's for darn sure. 
Have you heard how any of anybody's doing over in South Dakota? Have you talked to anybody over there at all? No, nope. Nothing over there. Nothing. I haven't talked to anybody in years now. Well, probably since 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm proud for you, man. This is awesome that, that Wild Acres doing this. I just want to keep getting updates and, <clears throat> excuse me, bringing you on the You Canuba Duck Dogs podcast. Just see how Slash is doing, see how the kennel's doing. And and just it's it's awesome to know that you're, you know, living your best life and that you're waking up in Minnesota every day and getting to hang with dog you know a lot of what you do has to do with hunting too so you got to love that you get to wrap it all into one i'm sure that you probably specialize in the hunting dogs and duck dogs and then leave the six-week obedience with the employees right with the other trainers yeah so the six-week obedience i just like doing it just because a it's you're helping a customer out and then b it's uh good for you know filler time for when i'm so i when when a dog comes into wild acre kennels i touch every dog meaning i train every dog that comes through here at least once a day um, my hunting dogs, I kind of take to the to the side. I do a lot of ninety percent of that myself. Um, but then I'll do one or two sessions with the obedience dogs, and then I have employees that do the. We do four sessions a day. Um, they do the other two sessions as well too with the obedience, and then they're letting out boarding dogs or throwing me marks or birds or whatever the case may be, catching me birds, catching me ducks, um, keeping my trailers clean, clean side by sides. I'm very picky. Um, everything has to be clean all the time um so they're always pressure washing or doing stuff like that um cleaning and picking up stuff beautiful yeah no it's, i love it uh, man great life the coolest part about my job is very rarely i mean it happens but you know everybody's excited to talk to you i don't have to get yelled at by everybody's excited obviously because they're getting their dog trained and it's just a good environment to be around hands down heck oh i guarantee it and are you a hundred percent we're, I, when, I want, when I bring you back, I want to have you back on next week. I want to talk about collars. And, you know, we run all dog trick collars on our dogs in the field and during our and, and during hunt tests or, or not hunt tests, but during all the hunts and everything that we have um, is dog tra. I just want to I want to get another episode going where we talk about the ethics behind collars, because it's always a big question. The ethics behind, you know, sh- putting a shot collar or a training collar on your dog and i think that there's no better way to train a dog i'm sure you agree but be thinking about that i want to bring you back on and just talk about how you're utilizing collars and what they are intended for during the training process um at the beginning of the process and when do you actually start collar conditioning collar training what what how long into the training program does the collar get placed on the dog and you start working that to him so be thinking about that and uh i just want to keep having you come back on consistently and and talk duck dogs sporting dogs you canuba and man i'm proud of all your success Oh, thank you. And uh, big shout out to Yukonuba and on their new uh, puppy food that they came out with. Um, that is just beyond, I mean, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And uh, we did the um, meeting with Yukonuba on the, when they launched it and everything. And uh, it's pretty good science. They don't, they, uh, they do a lot of work to get this food and uh, very, very grateful for it. hundred percent. Very yeah, good. I'm I'm great for him too, and the diet is so awesome. And um, yeah, I, man, I, just keep me posted on everything. I, I I gotta see Slash. So when are you coming out here? Yeah, so um, that's my next question. Is um, we gotta get together this fall like we did this past fall in Wisconsin. Uh, are you guys going back over Wisconsin again or no? Um, I don't think so. Okay, not as of right now. But uh, yeah, no. If we're going down south or somewhere, let me know. We'd definitely love to join up and hunt. And we can run Slash and. 
Or we can, um, I did leave, uh, I was going to talk to you too, because I know the last year or so I wasn't able to make it out to your place, but I got in my calendar now in the month of May. Um, was it April, May you want me, but I left a week open just so I can come out there this year. I'd say May, just so turkey and snow goose is over yeah. and we're, we'll be back here for sure. That's what I figured. Um, but I left to like mid-May, mid I just left the whole week open and didn't plan anything so I could sneak away. And now That'd we have... Awesome. Um, we have uh, two full-time employees now that are all trained in on obedience and everything like that. So this is going to allow me to be able to sneak away for a few days here and there. So we'll and, and when is it. your wedding? Uh, I'm in two weeks, July 9th. Is it really that fast? Yeah. I just got the invite a week ago, dude. Did you really? Well, whenever you sent it, but it wasn't, but not, not that long ago. But we had a bunch of problems. Um, we sent out all the um, invitations and we don't know what happened, but like 30% of people didn't get them. Um, 25% people got them like two weeks ago. And then um, some people didn't get, they got our save the dates, but they never got our invitation or vice versa. They never got to save the dates. I don't know what we did wrong or what happened. I never got us. I never got to save the date and I never, yeah, I just you, got the invitation. You, Tom and um, Clay were all supposed to get one. I didn't get it. I got the invitation last week. I actually told, remember I told you about it in Wisconsin, but um yeah, we sent that like, oh man, you're not the only one. My buddy Zach just called me up and goes, hey, Mike, I got to save the date, but I never got the invitation. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, it's been it's been a wild ride planning this wedding. We Our uh, caterer had a food service or food shortage and they had to cancel on us yesterday. Um, so we finally found a different one to pick it up. Um, our DJ canceled two weeks ago. We, did, we just found a new DJ. So it's been a, been a struggle. I don't know what's going on, but we're we're getting there will some of the will your seven dogs be in it will slash be in the wedding yes um we're not really sure who's going to be in the wedding yet um i propose to Raylan with a puppy her name's beta um so i know that one's with in the wedding and then Raylan's deciding we got a new puppy named dubs too it's a little puppy and um, so i don't know if she wants dubs or slash but it's between those two who we're, who we're doing what are they going to be the ring bears Yes. Yep. They got little Raylan bottom bandanas. Um, and then uh, we're going to take a duck dummy and then I cut a hole in it and I'm going to slide the ring box in it. And then they're going to run that down the aisle for me. Like a retrieve, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. They'll have the rings in their mouth. So, and we're getting married in Michigan. So the uh, Lake Michigan is right behind us. And the only thing I'm worried about dubs, dubs is only like seven months, six months old. And I could see Dubs just keep on going straight and launch into the uh, Lake Michigan with the ring and everything. So it might be Slash because Slash will listen, obviously. Dubs is, uh, he listens, but he's not 100% there yet. We got work 100%. to do with him. We got a lot of work to do with him. Well, cool, yeah. man. Well, I appreciate you being on, and I'm proud of you. I'm not going to be at the wedding. I didn't know it was that fast, oh, man. Shoot. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's not your fault. That's, I don't know what happened. Um, we, had, we had 37... Um, invites i got mailed back to us saying the address is wrong we contacted all the people and everything was right so i don't know we had a little hiccup there i don't know what we did wrong but everything was right we re literally just put them back in the mailbox and they all went through so if you're listening to this and you're not invited to my wedding i apologize <laughs> <laughs> no problem buddy well man congratulations on it send us some pictures keep me posted on slash and thank you for being on the Yukonuba Duck Dogs podcast. Andrew Wildacre Kennels, thank you all for listening. 
The Foul Life, brand new episodes airing. This week is our premiere week for season 14, Benelli's The Foul Life, exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We start off with our last episode at Mr. Larry Gurry's Closed Zone Farms in California, part of our California Waterfowl Association. Um, unbelievable storyline that we were able to be a part of that started last year in season 13 and concludes on season or episode one of this year and then we're headed to wisconsin with joel and my boy andrew that you heard today luke and all kinds of different people join us in camp up there chase rice walker bueller my brother clay bubba henderson it was a great time and uh, we got after the canada geese the mallard ducks had a great time with axel up there and then we move on to uh, california for some more unbelievable speckle belly duck and snow goose hunting with safari club international president and ceo laird hamberlin andrew murray and the real tree team is out there doing a content grab for a big announcement and camo pattern they're getting ready to launch and then hall of famer the best leadoff hitter in major league baseball history ricky henderson is with us in camp in california on his very first hunt which was awesome and then from there we head out to the panhandle oklahoma Blue, Trey, Mr. Russ, the Law Dog Lodge in Oklahoma, Flatline Outfitters. We're, we're going to uh, have two unbelievable episodes with them chasing lesser Canada geese and mallard ducks in the water in the peanut fields out in Oklahoma. So hopefully you all enjoy it. Season 14, Benelli's The Foul Life, again, airing right now as we speak exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Check out thefowllifetv.com if you want to uh, find out the exact time slots that we're airing and see any promotionals that are coming up with our new episodes we're truly honored to be part of the outdoor channel family the benelli family all of our partners and sponsors please again visit us i i made that uh i said the wrong website it's the foullife.com don't worry about the tv part the foullife.com visit our sponsors page and please continue to support the partners and sponsors that support us and i'm holding a brand new live duck call the new jargon we've redone our j frame on our single read duck call designs and we've also launched a new duck call called the mega four that is going to be i'm telling you it's the best duck call ever made so check out jargongamecalls.com right now the shirt that andrew's wearing the shirt that i'm wearing we did not call each other today but we are twinning it's because jargon is truly a i'm going to say it right now the best duck and goose calls on the market we got the new wrecking ball the new crazy train short read goose calls and for any of you canada goose hunters they're a must-have on your lanyard they produce authentic realistic legitimate sounds of murmurs and clucks and double clucks and purrs and you just name it it'll replicate the entire jargon or vocabulary of the wild canada goose all species subspecies of the canada goose again chad belding for andrew any closing words my man um no not much just can get yourself a bag of Yukonuba dog food and a jargon duck call and a wrecking ball goose call and you'll be a happy person. I like it, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you all. We're going out with the one and only 2AM Logic. This song is called My Foul Life. Bye.